Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. I have what you need. But you keep on searching I've done all the work But you keep on working When you're running on empty And you can't find the remedy Just come to the well You can spend your whole life Chasing what's missing but that empty inside It just ain't gonna listen Nothing can satisfy And the world leaves you high and dry Just come to the well
seem to have known what you were going to sing because I left my sermon behind. <laughs> but I don't usually, it's usually an outline anyway. So we're going to let God, we're going to put it at the well and let God do what God do, right? Okay. But luckily, I have my Bible on my phone so I can read my scripture still because I left my Bible upstairs in my office. All righty. Wow. So uh, welcome again to those who are visiting. I hope you're enjoying yourself so far. Wasn't the music awesome? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So I always start off with something kind of cute. And I was reading about this little, this little old lady who had gone into a church, and she was so excited to be there. And she walked up, and the greeter was like, hi, ma'am, how are you? And she said, I'm fine. And so he gave her a program and said, where would you like to sit? And she said, I would like to sit right up in the front row. And he said, Oh, no, ma'am, you don't want to sit in the front row. Our minister is boring, and he'll put you to sleep. And she said, what? Do you know who I am? And he said, no, who are you? And she said, I am the minister's mother. He said, oh. He thought about it for a minute. And he said, well, do you know who I am? And she said, no. He said, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was so cute. Oh, my gosh. So this is a, um, the month of understanding for those of us who are in unity. It's a, it's a powerful month because it moves you into a deeper understanding of God, a spiritual understanding from your intellectual into your spiritual understanding, right? Last week was Giving Sunday, and we, we pondered a, a question. I don't have my watch. I'm usually used to We pondered a question And that question has been lingering with me. I don't know about you. I know one person said it's been lingering with her for a minute. But the question has been lingering with me. What if you gave everything? What if you gave everything to God, right? And so as I've been pondering that, I thought about what is the main thing that keeps us from giving everything to God? So today the title of my talk is, Give It to God. But what I want to talk about is what you're giving to God is that main thing that keeps you from giving everything to God. If you were to ponder that for a second, throw out what you would think would keep you from giving everything to God. Everything. Your 
your mind going through it over and over again. Yes. What else? Fear. Fear. That's a good one. That's a big one. What else? Money. Money. What's a big one? Guilt. Guilt. Yes. And anything else? Anybody else? Control. Control. Yes. Those are huge things that will keep us from giving it all to God. But in, even in all of those things, there's still one main part. When you seriously think about it, there's one main part that God gave us all that keeps us from giving everything to God. Your free will, your choice. You choose it. No matter if you're feeling guilty, no matter if it's dealing with your money, no matter if it's dealing with your relationships, no matter if it's dealing with going over it over and over in your mind, your choice. Do you choose to go over it over and over in your mind or do you choose to give it to God? It's a choice. Do you choose to hold on to control or give it to God? It's a choice. And that is why that's the main thing that God gave us that controls every aspect of our life is your freedom of will. Why is that? Because being that we are made in God's image and likeness, everything that we choose with our words, which reflect what we're thinking, and then demonstrate what we, or give, a, give us an inkling of a motivation of, we in, of what we're ending up doing, Everything that is connected to what we choose, God creates. God creates. God doesn't just create for the sake of creating. God gave us freedom of will to have what it is that we choose in our life to create, be created. So if you want to sit in a space of depression and hold on to control, or hold on to guilt, or hold on to resentment, or hold on to resistance, or hold on to unforgiveness, or hold on to insecurity, or hold on to whatever it is that is blocking you from giving everything to God. You know what? God will give you that choice. And every other consequence from that choice, you will experience. Amen? So I'm thinking about this this week, right? And I'm, I'm like, okay, what's connected to the choice? Hmm. There's trust there. Do you trust? Do you choose to trust God? I don't trust if I give this to God that God's going to control it the way I would handle it. <laughs> I remember talking to my girlfriend a couple years ago. And I was saying, you know, we just, we talked about, you know, being patient with the process. And she was like, yeah, but if I'm patient with the process and I turn it over to God, what if it doesn't look like what I want it to look like? She said, so it's that, that fear of the unknown is holding me back. And I thought about it and I said, but you know what? The awesome thing about God is it is God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom of heaven. The good pleasure to give us the kingdom of heaven. And when you think about the kingdom of heaven, throw out what you think you would experience if you were living in the kingdom of heaven. Throw anything out. Joy. Joy. Peace. Peace. Love. Love. What about freedom? 
Do you think you'd feel freedom if you were living in the kingdom of heaven? Like seriously, do you think you'd feel freedom if you were living in the kingdom of heaven? Let me give you an aha moment that hit me. I am already living in the kingdom of heaven. I'm not choosing to act that way. I'm not choosing to act that way. Wherever you go, you're one with God, right? So you are living in the kingdom of heaven. You bring it with you wherever you go, and wherever you go, it is there, right? There's nowhere you can go where God is not, right? And one of my, one of my favorite uh, um, ministers, Reverend Shahir Stevens, says, there's no spot where God is not. That is just true business, right? But are we choosing to act that way? Do we trust that if we act that way, we will experience peace? We will experience joy. We will experience prosperity, infinite opportunities. Do we believe that? Oh, I don't want to give up this unforgiveness because it makes him think that he won. But unforgiveness, when you look at it, is holding judgment. We put expectations on other people and ourselves, and we're holding judgment. And we're judging the other person, but really the kicker is we're judging ourselves because we had the nerve to give them control over us. But we're making them the patsy. Choice. What do you choose? Now, the other thing is, I asked you guys last week, are there anybody, is there anyone in your life that you, you completely trust? You really trust that person? Anybody? Raise your hand if there's people in your lives that you... Why do you trust that person? It's not rhetorical. <laughs> Never let you down. What else? Consistent. What else? Honest. Honest. Always fair. How do you know that stuff? Is it because you've had a relationship with that person? Is it because you've built up a history with that person? When you are holding back from God, it's because you haven't built a strong enough relationship with God to trust that God will give you those things that that man or that woman can give you, that that man or woman cannot give you everything. Because a person cannot be in, in every place at every time. But we know someone who can. We know a presence and a power that can. So how do we move into that trust with God? Do you want to know? Yes. Okay. I got an answer. I know. Cliffhanger Kelly. No, I'm just kidding. In Luke, the gospel according to Luke, chapter 10, verse 27, it says, you must love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart. Seems like you might have heard this before. With all of your mind. No, with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and all of your mind. Now, when you do that, you can't love somebody you can't know, can you? Now, I know there's been some people who might experience love at first sight. And then after that first sight, the second, third sight, you're like, I'm, I don't love this person anymore. <laughs> I should have thought about it from the first sight. And paid attention to what I was feeling. Because this person doesn't look really. Especially if you meet somebody at a club at night. And then the lights come on. And they don't look like they do. <laughs> And some of you might have met somebody when you're a little tipsy and your eyes were crossed. 
And then when you're sober, it's like, ooh, what was I thinking? That just might be somebody's experience. I don't know. It wasn't mine. I'm just saying. I've heard some stories. That's all. But when you love God, I want to say this in order. Let's put this in order because it's important that this is in a specific order. Love God, the lo- lo- you must love the Lord your God. Now, we said that the Lord of your life is what you choose to follow, what you choose to love, what you choose to be connected to or attached to, what you choose to make important in your life. That's the Lord of your life. So it could be material things. It can be what somebody else thinks about you. It can be trying to look good. It can be trying to outdo the Joneses or what do they say? Keeping up with the Joneses. It could be all of those things. That becomes your Lord. It could be your job. It could be your child. It could be your relationship. It could be anything that you make important in that moment that you choose to be your focus. That there is your Lord. Here he's saying the Lord, your God. The Lord, your God. So any of you married and your spouse is real, the, you're married to your spouse and that's your important, that's your per, the first person, right? You put God before even that person. When you do that, it makes the relationship with that person even better. So loving God with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Now remember this, because I'm going to need you to help me. Heart, soul, strength, and mine. All right, let's delve into this with your heart. The heart is that connection to God. It's the relationship that you have with the oneness of who you are. And then it's how you express it with those in this world. So the physical plane is the horizontal plane. The spiritual plane is the vertical plane. Where it connects here is where you feel the presence of God. And when you love God and connect in that with all your heart, with all your soul. Now, let's look at what Charles Fillmore says love is. I love this revealing word. I'm telling you, sweet business. Let's see. He says, love is the pure presence of being that binds together the whole human family. If you go further, it says, that it loves for the sake of loving. If you go even further, it says, love is the inner quality that sees good everywhere. When you look and you experience from your heart, the moment, no matter what you're going through, you tap into there's good here anyway, you're giving it to God. There's good in this situation anyway. I'm hurting and I'm in pain, but there's good in this situation. I feel it in my heart. And I feel the presence of God here in my heart anyway, no matter what's going on. That's what gets me through when I'm hurting, missing my sister or my mother. I feel in my heart that experience that there's good in this situation anyway, even though I'm hurting. And I feel a presence overwhelm me when I feel the good anywhere. The moment you feel good, you express good. It manifests inside of you. Because as a man think of in his heart, in his mind, so is he, right? And then also thoughts held in mind, what? 
produce after their kind. So you feel the presence of good because you're thinking the presence of good and you're focusing on the presence of good. That's what love is. It's seeing good in everything no matter what's going on. But you see it with your heart first. And then what was the next thing? Love God with all your heart. And what else? Your soul. Let's look at the soul. This is important because when we connect deeply in your relationship with God, and you love God in these areas with your, all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, what happens is you realize you're loving yourself. You realize that what you're giving over to God, you're really giving over to a deeper aspect of yourself. You're really opening yourself up to hear and be and see and express that which you are in your life, that there's nothing you're giving away outside of yourself. You're literally giving it to yourself. Does that make sense? Because you're one with the higher essence of God. That is you, right? I am one with God. Together? The greater part of me is better than the greater part in this world. You ever heard that scripture, he that is within me is greater than he that is within the world? When you give it over with all your heart, you connect with that. You unify with that. Now, the soul represents the consciousness. Oh, I got this upside down. Okay. Remind me of a president who might have done that. <laughs> I put it in there sometimes. Okay. The soul is your consciousness. It is the part that houses all of your experiences. The reason why you know you can trust another person is because you've experienced them, and over and over again, they've proven themselves to be that which you expected them to be, right? Hey, you have moments where you didn't, they weren't, and you're like, I can't trust you. But there's an essence that you're connected to that is you, that you can always trust no matter what. But you won't know that until you develop a relationship with God, a long-standing, for real, for real, up-close, personal relationship with God. The moment you connect and go inside in meditation and prayer, which on Wednesdays we do, and it is powerful, isn't it? When we come together in meditation, it is a powerful experience, and when you do it as with other people, it makes it easier, doesn't it? How many of you have been to Wednesday meditation with me? It's a deep experience to sit in that presence and then to have other people sitting in that presence as well. It's like a comforting, it's like together, it's, it's, it's a powerful expression. And then you take that and walk the rest of the week in that power. But I want us to do that every day. Because you build up in your soul a history. That's what's in your soul. It's your feelings, your memories, your history. Let God be that history. That every time is his story or her story. Within yourself that you connect to. That's why it's so important to do it in your soul. To love and unify in your soul, in your consciousness of every experience that you've had. That way, whenever something comes up, you, you don't have to say, can I trust God with this? You know already you can. What was the next thing? All your, all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Your strength is your body. But until you are strong inside with your relationship with God, you're not going to be strong in your actions with God. You'll waver. You'll doubt. You'll hesitate to act on where you feel guided 
We affirmed the God, divine guidance, that, that the divine love or God was guiding us in every thought, word, and action, right? But if you're not connected to God, how are you for real saying that? Like, seriously. When we affirm those things and we don't believe it, there's a cross current that goes on inside of you. There's a part of you that's doubting that causes turmoil with the part of you to trust and is the presence of God. Does that make sense? And then you can't turn over control. And then you keep going over it over and over in your mind trying to figure it out. You cannot figure out in the, in the human realm what is in spirit. You are spirit. You got to elevate into the spirit realm to get the answers. Does that make sense? My, my uh, cousin called me the other day with a testimony. Now, she trusted God big time. She and I used to, especially when we were little, we used to talk about God all the time, be all excited about what we're going to do. I guess I kind of talked about church back then, too. Goodness, couldn't get, can't get rid of it. Thank you, God. I'm glad. But the point is, is that she got to a point where she had prayed and listened to God and everything, and she got into this place where she had this executive position where she was getting, writing grants and getting contributions and that kind of thing at this corporation. She had moved out of town and everything, and she was doing excellent. She was making buku bucks, and she was up there. But somewhere along the line, she stopped trusting God. She stopped loving God with all her heart, mind, and soul. The same presence that moved her into that position, and she got a little bit of uppity, uppity. She just, just net, you know? And then when stuff started crashing down on her, and stuff started falling apart. Now, she's multimillionaire, I mean, dealing with multi-million uh, dollar uh, grants and that kind of thing, but stuff started falling down on her. It got so bad, she felt so lost, she, she, she had a breakdown. And she ended up on medicine for 13 years. Came up here to live in Ann Arbor with, her, with my aunt and had a daughter and could barely, like, she, she could focus on her daughter, and that's what kept her focused. God will give you your focus. She's an excellent mother, but she couldn't do anything else until she started listening again to God, connecting into that relationship with God, giving it all again to God. She ended up off most of the medicine. The doctor told her she was so drugged that he was surprised she was still alive. Every time she'd get upset, my aunt would say, medicate her some more. She was too much. She wasn't taking enough medicine for 10 people. Are you serious? But when she got off of it, it did not have any negative effects on her body. When you are connected with God, because see, even in there, she was connected. God will build your body up to where even something like that will not affect you. The strength in your body will overcome. And that's what happened. And now she's off the medicine, she's doing well, but she found out that SSI was paying her too much money, right? So she opened up her, her, her uh, this little letter that said, well, you're cut off and you owe, what, $60,000 or whatever? It might have been more, I don't remember, but it's a lot of money, right? She was telling me that in the moment she was reading that, she was telling her daughter, because they've been walking all this time for the last year and a half, off, you know, moving off the medicine and everything, and she, but, but they said that the amount she was getting, she shouldn't have been getting for, all the, for this length of time that she was on it. She said she was in this space of peace because she had already given it all to God. Now, mind you, she's, already, she's also gotten to a, po a place where she had just gotten a home up in Ann Arbor 
where she could bring my grandmother from this, my grandmother's at a rehabilitation center. We're gonna move her in with my, with my cousin. All this good stuff was happening, and then she gets this letter. But she was so rooted, it didn't faze her. How would you feel if you got something from the government saying you owe $60,000 or $80,000, however much? It was a good chunk of money. She said she wasn't faced. Now, this was over the holiday, so she couldn't call or anything to check into it until Friday. She stayed in that space of peace. Her heart was connected because she loved God, loves God with all her heart, mind, and soul. And I'm tapped into that with her too, right? And her mind was connected because she was only thinking about God during that time. So she was still in a state of peace. And her soul was connected because she had the history that God held her all that time and protect her and, and so she could trust. When she called, the lady told her she, she could pay it off in three years. And not only that, since she had lost her job again, she could start getting SSI again. It's like, wait a minute, I owe and you're going to pay? And she said, yeah. When you give it all to God, God will give it all back to you. God will give it all back to you. But God will give it to you in a way that is more expansive than you could ever think of. Isn't that amazing? Now, it is already in you to have that power. It is already in you to connect that way. I heard this brief story, and I'm not going to keep it too, too much longer, but I, I thought this was an amazing story. My cousin is a twin. She's a fraternal twin, right? So I'm, th I'm listening to Greg Braden, and, he, and, and he's a, a scientist who talks about quantum physics and all kinds of spiritual. He talks a lot of spiritual stuff, right? I've talked about him before. He was talking about how the essence of God is already in your consciousness. It's already in your consciousness to feel one it's with, with God and everyone else. It's already in your consciousness to have the healing nature and the feeling nature within your heart. It's already in your consciousness to know that you are abundant and that you are powerful, right? So he was talking about how back in the day, and I don't know if they still do this, but when twins are premature, they separated the twins. Now, there was this, this uh, particular case where there was these two twins who were separated. They had only been, uh, they had been, after seven months, they had been born. So they were really premature. So the twins are premature. They separate the twins. And then they laid them down on their stomach in the incubator by themselves. And so this one case, this nurse was watching these two twins. The younger twin was one in one uh, nursery, and the other one was in another nursery. The younger twin started to go bad, like, like fail. Her heart started going down. She was crying, and, and she, was she was dying. And the nurse was connected with spirit. She picked up the baby and ran the baby into the other nursery and opened up the incubator with her sister and put the baby in there next to her. And while she's hooking, her, hooking up the, 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 the younger sister, the, the older sister reaches over and touches her. And her heart starts to beat stronger. Her heart starts to beat stronger, and she started to thrive again. And they kept the babies together. Because the nurse didn't think it made sense for them to be in a place where they heard each other's heartbeat. They were with each other in the womb. They were with their mom in the womb. And now they're separated from their mom. But why would you separate the two when they're not even completely mature yet to even live on their own? That's why they're in the incubator. So you would separate them. She put them together. And the little sister touched just 
she, she just, she was, she felt her sister and she touched her and she went like this. And the baby sister started to thrive. Now they're doing awesome. They're probably in their 30s or whatever, but he showed them they're doing really well. Did you feel that? What I was telling you? You felt it. That power, you felt it. That's the God in you that felt that. That's the God in you that tapped into the story. You weren't there in the experience when it actually happened, but that's the God in you that tapped into that experience. Did you see how you felt when you were experiencing God in that story? Why don't you take your life and experience God in your life? Whatever story you're telling yourself, why don't you take God and experience God in your heart that way? Now, your mind was thinking what I was saying. And your soul knew the experience of being loved and being held and what that baby must have felt when her sister held her, right? And your body started to feel it as well. And you felt charged up by feeling the beauty of God's love in two little babies, right? What if you take and give everything to God that way? What if you gave everything to God that way? Like for real, for real. Wouldn't you feel good to feel this feeling that you feel right now all the time? No matter what's happening in your life, you can still tap into this feeling and know that if I give it to God, it's okay. And I feel God's peace and I feel God's love and I feel wrapped in the presence of God. That's what we're here to do. When you love God with all your heart, with all of your soul, with all your strength and all your mind, you will be happy to give it to God because you'll know that feeling that you experience when it comes back to you. Isn't that awesome? I'm ready to give it to God together. I choose to give it to God together. I trust the result when, it, when I give it to God together. It is yours, God. It is yours. It is yours. Amen. Thank you. Springtime, God, you are. 